Did you hear they gave an award to that guy who stood in front of the art class? No. They appreciated his model behavior. It's manners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my love. I almost said behavior. Oh. Because I've been, th- I was oh, still thinking about oh, how okay. good my he- joke was. He- hello, dear. <laughs> I was thinking about how good my joke was, and uh-huh. then behavior got stuck in my hand. I couldn't think of the word occasions. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm doing okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, you're rubbing my shoulder? Rubbing my shoulders. Uh, drop those down about those six down. inches. I'm amazed you can hear me with those shoulders up around your ears. Hey, let's talk about modeling. Art modeling. Uh, have you ever taken a live model class or uh, been a live art model? No to the first one. I've taken, I've taken like art classes. Okay, so in college, we had to do like art stuff. As mm-hmm. part of the like theater design courses I okay. took, specifically the scenic design, I remember like you know there being like painting and drawing elements to it. But because it was like scenic design, uh-huh. it was never like the human form or anything like that. Uh, yeah, and if we did, it was like replicating existing drawings and not like doing our own. We did a lot of architectural stuff, but I don't think that counts because mm-hmm. buildings, by and large, are not humans. Yes. Okay. Um, but I, and I don't know that I've ever posed. I mean, people have, of course, drawn me. Well, yes, we have, we have many a likeness of Travis here. That that I put put up in my own room. I don't know what's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It is, it's not how I would decorate an office. I like, I like my visage. Okay. I think I have a powerful visage. Uh, No, I've, I've, I've never modeled. I don't know. You know, I think that there is, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I would, not because I am uncomfortable with the displaying of my body before the class part. But I fidget. Yeah, a lot. you cannot sit still. <laughs> I don't think I could sit still. And I also think like with how overactive my imagination, my brain is, I think I'd be sitting there like, What's that? Like what what's going on? What are they doing? Well, I want to see their picture now. Can I look what do you guys do? <laughs> like I don't think I'd be able to quiet my mind long enough to just like sit there and zone out, you know? Have you? No, I have not. Um the only modeling type stuff I've ever done has been like just like for fun pin up pictures and yeah. stuff like that. You're good at those, though. Oh, thanks. You did some uh, maternity with a pre, pre-baby. pre There's probably a good word for that. Prenatal? No. No, the, just maternity. Sure. Um, Pin-up photos are very cute. Oh, thanks. Very cute. Well, first of all, I want to thank Carson L., she, her, who suggested this topic. Thank, thank you, Carson. You. Um, remember, Alex does read all the emails and saves the topics, even if it takes a while for us to get around to them. Yeah, we're trying to do some advanced scheduling now. Ooh. Ooh, look out. And Alex would like to mention that she got a lot of this information from 
Larissa Pham's article for the Paris Review called A Figure Model's Brief Guide to Poses Through Art History. So if you want more information, uh, feel free to peruse that article. This is a very interesting topic to me that I would not have uh, considered had Carson not suggested it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what is very interesting to me about this is on paper, right, if you remove any kind of stigma or moray issues or anything like that, on, on paper, it seems a very straightforward uh, exchange, you right. know? You pose, I draw, bada bing, bada boom, I mean, done. what it seems to me is kind of like the next step after still life, right? right? If you look at fruit in a bowl and you draw the fruit in the bowl, the next thing is probably a person, right? Because That's a big jump. Uh, no, I understand what you're saying, but also it wouldn't be like, well, I can take care of this fruit in a bowl for a week. <laughs> I think I'm ready to be a parent. No, that's not what I mean I by know. drawing a person. I know. But, but the thing is, is like then this seems like one of those circumstances where you cannot remove the mores, the stigmas, and just normal human uh, neuroses, right, mm-hmm. that make this... Uh, such a nuanced and complicated exchange. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about art history. Oh boy. Um, ancient Egypt. I've heard of it. Yeah. Is actually one of the best models, uh, best examples of early art modeling. Um, obviously, pharaohs, queens, various nobles would sit for the subject. The Sphinx. Um. No. The Sphinx didn't sit. No. There's I guess a... it kind of reclined. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It was, it was of... laying down. Uh, prostate? No, no, prostrate. That's a very well. Pro- okay, this is a very unfortunate, but like I get confused by it all the time. Prostrated is when you're like down, like kind of bowing before someone. Yeah, with your prostate face on the ground. is a completely different thing. Yes, and I get confused between those two words all the time. Okay, anyway, is that what we're talking about today? N- no. Oh, I got lost. Okay, go on. <sighs> I've got to recenter myself for a second. Okay. Okay. These art sessions were not just like for fun, right? They were meant to act as vessels for the body to return to in the afterlife. Everything yes. everything I've encountered about um, Egyptian religion is like worked into every aspect of their lives, right? Yes. They did not uh, necessarily ascribe to the theory that you can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. They very much were like the, but what if I can? <laughs> and so they kind of built around that. Um, and so these uh, subjects were posed in a way that would ensure the statues would live forever, would like be there. And so they that, were always seated with straight spines, their shoulders and hips in alignment yeah. so that the statue was super sturdy. That makes a lot of sense. And also like it, it, if you connect that to you, so many of them are like looking out over their kingdoms, right? Like they mm-hmm. were always placed in such a way that they were very prominent, that they were very like uh like sentry over, you know, their domain. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense of like, yeah, you're expected to like, we're, you're going to be in there and we want you to be able to like see your lands and do all that stuff. It right. Makes sense. And obviously this is why so many of them still exist because yeah. they're they are made very well. Um, Sometimes out of like solid rock face. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, but then once we get into Greek and Roman sculpture, yeah. what I usually think of is kind of like lounging people, right? With beautiful like curly hair and like it's a it's a totally different style and that's because of math. Oh, wait. Wait. Go on. Wait, can I guess? Sure. Is it about like the uh what's the word before the the like um 
body measurements compared to each other, the ratios, you know, of the length of this versus the length of that and that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So it had to do about the geometry of the the human body. Yes, that's That's, the word word you're looking for. And so even though the body weight was distributed kind of unevenly and, you know, they had curves and they appeared more natural, um, they were able to make it look realistic, even though they still aren't like real human figures, obviously, because, again, a lot of these statues have they want to last the test of time. Mm -hmm. And humans, uh, especially like standing humans, very precarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a wonder we don't all fall down all day, every day. This is something now, having had two kids, right, and watching them learn to walk, it is in many ways to me. And this is something people often say when they just don't understand how something works. But a miracle that we as human beings are, if you think about all the tiny just corrections we are doing constantly mm-hmm. as a human, just standing up and walking around, watching a child. If you <laughs> if you ever want to get real spooked, turn around and see like a one-year-old standing somewhere where you weren't expecting them to because they are standing so awkwardly that it looks like uh, how one might draw like a little gremlin in like a, you know, a CGI gremlin scaring somebody. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I love my kids very much. (laughs) Okay, so from here, we move to like the Hellenistic period. Um, Again, Greek, you looked at me. Hellen- oh, no, I, oh, I was okay. putting it together. Oh, okay. Like Helen of Troy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these these statues kind of like moved past realism. And because they were more concerned with like the beauty of the way something looks. Yeah. Um, and so these people posed in like, you know, the the. Oh, what's the one with the the curve, the discus guy? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I believe it's Frisbee Man. Uh, oh. If I'm not, yeah, Frisbee Man. Oh, is that it? Frisbee yeah. Man. Got it. That's where we actually got the term Frisbee from. His name was Frisbee. Oh. And everybody was like, you know, the Frisbee thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where we got, that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, things like definition of muscle were obviously a lot more highlighted than they would have been if the artist was simply just, like, copying what the person looked like, right? right? Well, because I, I think at that point, I mean, this is just my assumption, but they were more focused on, like, as you have said, the aesthetic, right? The beauty mm-hmm. than realism, right? So they were heightening aspects to be like, look at this curve. Look at this. Look how beautiful. I don't know what that voice is, but I guess that's Roman. I, I don't know. know. Um, so then once Rome fell. Uh, what? I know. Oh, man, spoilers. Christianity took over and they were like, "Mm, these are, quote, graven images. Too decadent. And so we see the pendulum swing all the way to the other side where things become very regular, very uh, geometric, Mm -hmm. um, very symbolic even. So Christian iconography was popular through drawings and tapestry and sculpture and mosaic and, you know, images of the Christ child and Madonna were everywhere. Um, Specifically, there were a couple of really weird things about um, depicting Jesus. It's if you look at it, if you look at paintings of Jesus from this era, I'd rather not, but go on. He's depicted as a a child sized, fully grown man. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, that I not, have noticed that, yes. That not only has to do with kind of like the mystery, right, of the whole thing. Yeah, because that's a mystery. Um, but also it has to do with like, what if Jesus sees us? What if God was one of us? The painting, again, being kind of like a vessel. What if they see you painting it? And kind Jesus of- is like, I am not a babysitter. <laughs> Uh, This is interesting, too, because I hadn't really thought about it until now. But if you look, you know, we talk about the Greek and Roman kind of like statues and art, and it was very flowing. Mm -hmm. But if you look at these like medieval paintings, they're very sharp and they're very like geometric shapes and like sharp angles and very like 2D kind of flattened Mm -hmm. perspectives. So like sometimes you can see like both eyes, even though someone is like looking to the right. Um, and you see like the sharp angles, but they also used a lot of really nice gilding, yeah, which I did. appreciated. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Um, and so these kind of like geometric abstractions were often paintings of paintings of paintings, right? You yeah. weren't people weren't really like posing at this time because again, what if Jesus sees you? Yeah. And this also seems thought. like it wasn't so much about the art mm-hmm. so much as it was like sharing religious iconography and, and just sharing the religion, right? Because when I think about these, I think about them mostly as like prints and books, you know, where we were now having uh, like monks and religious figures copying mm-hmm. text over and over again. So you wanted like sharp lines, easily repeatable That's art it. instead of very stylistic, uh, you know, specific art. Um. So Renaissance comes in like a oh, wave yeah. and they're like, you can't make, you can't, Define what my painting is. Indeed. Christianity. I get to do what I want. This is what I think about when I think about like a figure like modeling, right? Yeah. I'm I'm picturing, you know, like Donatello's uh, David. Yeah. And I'm I'm picturing, you know, Mona Lisa and I'm picturing these like more about accurately capturing the human body in the sculpture, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, you could picture the the sculpture stepping down off the pedestal uh, like Pygmalion, right? Mm-hmm. Like that now it is just, we, we have captured this moment in time. And I think to this day, there's a reason that we still, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, idolize these sculptures because right. it's and so I realistic. said Donatello's, but also Michelangelo's David is... Everybody was doing David back then. Everybody. There was Steve's David and Susan's David and David's David. That was a weird <laughs> that one. That sounds weird. Yeah. Um, But it's lauded as like the first atomically at... at wait a minute. Atomic? Anatomically. Anatomically. There yeah. it is. Anatomically correct. Statue? If it was atomically correct, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Oh, boy. Who needs more coffee? It's me. So the final product of Michelangelo's David is 17 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, Can I tell you, I was like two years ago old when I found that out. Yeah. I just always pictured like a nice six foot tall David hanging out. And it wasn't until like very recently I was like, wait, it's what? Yeah. It's a how big? <laughs> but the proportions are right. Yeah. Um, so then the depiction of the human form continued to be uh, very influential within the Baroque style. And I can't wait to hear more about that. But you know what? Time for a thank you note. Listen, sometimes I feel like cooking. But sometimes... You know, 
it's been a whole day, or I want to treat myself, or I just want to try something different that we haven't tried before, or I want to try one of my favorites, and that's where DoorDash comes into play. We want to say a thank you note to DoorDash uh, for not only getting us delicious food, but allowing us to continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. DoorDash is the app that brings your food, your craving, right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. And many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just check out that DoorDash app. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget, that's code SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We also want to say thank you to Libby. Man, I sure do miss libraries. And so does BB and probably so does everybody. I love the library. That's why I love Libby. Libby is a free reading app created by Overdrive that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library onto your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need is a valid library card from your library. And even if you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book you see. Libby works just like the physical library. You simply borrow available books you want to read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. It's amazing. It's like having the library right there at your fingertips. So download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling ebooks and audiobooks today. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, oh, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. Okay, now, if it's not Baroque, don't, uh, then I don't want to hear about it. So, it. Oh, what? Is oh, that, I get it. That's the joke. Because it sounds like bro. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we're talking about Baroque stuff, but I like the way you said it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So the Baroque style swept through a European art in the 17th century, and it was all about drama. Okay? Yeah. So emotion, movement, colors, detail. And this... This is where people point to as to be like, ah, realism. But, I mean, not really. But you do see a lot of paintings of bowls of fruit at this time. Okay. I, I don't know. Don't knock it. There's some really beautiful bowls of fruit out there. Oh, yeah. I think I think it is a lot like, I mean, it's 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 every art, right? It's every art. Very, very smart way to say that, Travis. It's all it's art. It's art. Um, but it's that way of saying like it seems simple until someone does it bad. And right. then you're like, Well, that's not it. <laughs> no, no, no. But like that's the thing is like I do think that there's something to be said about when a master paints a bowl of fruit and you're like, Dang, 
I I would eat them grapes right now. You know what I mean? Like there's something about that. And throughout art, throughout design of all forms, whether it's architecture or fashion or whatever, right? It's all about the pendulum swing, as you said, right? Exactly. We go realism, we go uh, surrealism, we go, you know, representative, we go all these things, Hyper-realism. right? Hyper-realism. Right. And you have to have that kind of like, here is a bowl of fruit before someone's like, yes, but I'd would like to not draw bowls of fruit anymore. I would like to draw people again, please. Right? It's all about tastes and culture and the growth of the art. Right. And and it keeps going in this way. Um, and so what I wanted to talk about was the actual, like, modeling. Yes, now. please. Um, so Camille Claudel worked as Rodin's assistant and muse and art model. Rodin, who did The Thinker? Uh, yes. Right, I don't know why I said that like a question mark. It's just, it's oh, true. okay, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Perhaps I might argue one of the most, if not famous, recognizable sculptures of all time, maybe right up there with David, where if you see somebody sitting and, like, putting, you know, kind of their forehead to their fist, you're like, ah, that one. Um, and so she was responsible for much of the detailing on Rodin's sculptures, um, and her own works show a real eye for the betrayal of the human form. So you can talk about how, you know, masculine and aggressive Rodin's sculptures seem to be, while Claudel's have a, a kind of like lightness and tenderness to mm-hmm. them. Um, and got her own museum in, in 2017 in France, which is great. I'd like to have a museum. You would? Well, yeah. Would you put your own works or works of you in the museum? No, I think I'd just put stuff I like in there. Uh, mostly, there would probably be a room where it's just cartoons. And I don't just mean like cells and stuff from cartoons. You just watch cartoons. Right. Maybe a room that's all me. With the event of photography. Oh, I've heard of that. A lot of like the classical style sculpture that you see, either in, you know, bronze or or in stone or or things like that start to start to wane a little bit because you know you can just take a picture it'll last longer not really though it won't me. last i mean it won't last longer than stone really i understand what you're saying okay. it'll last longer than looking but like if i made a statue out of metal or i took a picture one of them i'm probably going to have a hard time losing okay so but I will say real quick, wait, I, I was going to I almost thought you were going to say the opposite. Right. Because one of the things that has always kind of impressed me before uh, photography is the process that they must have had to go through of like number of sketches and designs and everything of like, OK, sit there because you couldn't have somebody pose for you know, months as you, like, chipped away a 17-foot statue. You had to go through, uh, you know, preliminary designs and then do miniatures and then do, you know, whatever process you went through, a wax version and then a larger version, right? And you would think that with the advent of photography, you'd be like, okay, stand still for one second. Okay, great, you're done. You can Mm -hmm. go. I've got it from here. Well, okay. So we're going to go through that a little bit. Um. If you if you happen to be taking a, a figure class, a live drawing class, um, make sure that you have clearly communicated with the model about what their boundaries are and what you need for the class, mm-hmm. right? Um, some are comfortable nude. Some would rather be in maybe like a, a leotard or right. something, right? Don't ask them if you can take a picture of them because that's not what what – okay, so if you are working with someone 
to create a uh, a sculpture of them. Mm-hmm. I can see why you would want to take a picture, but that's not the way that these life drawing classes work because it's, sense, it's yeah. more about honing the skills of looking at an object, drawing the object that you see. I guess that's true. You know, now that I think about it, like I said, I, I really, the closest approximation I have is architecture, but there is something about the 3D perspective, right? Of like where you're sitting in like your exact perspective of this line versus right. this line. And okay, that makes a lot of sense. I just thought it'd be easier for the model, right? You want to sit down, go uh, to the bathroom. I mean, yeah, and definitely there should be breaks. And if you want to have a reference photo taken of your pose so you can remember like, mm. oh, one hand was on my hip, but the other one wasn't, and I was bending a little bit this way and tilting my head like this. That's th- for your own, for, to help your own self. I, what am I saying? Reference? Reference. Yeah. It's too early. I miss doing <laughs> schmanners at night. <laughs> that might be sillier, but at least I remember all the work. I couldn't remember geometry earlier. Know, geometry. It's my favorite ometry. There are more ometries? There's a lot of thermometry. What? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, make sure that your model is paid. Yes. Uh, otherwise, it's a... It's, it's weird. Kind of weird. Um, it's ooky, as I think the kids would say in 1972. I would also make sure, and I think this is just maybe obvious, but I still, still think it needs it. Make sure the expectations of exactly what the process is going right, to be. Yeah, totally. Because I know just me, uh, if I am going to do something new, uh, let alone nude, but uh, something new, and I don't know what the process is, that is what anxiety is for me. Uh, and also just expectation setting. You know what I mean? Like, I would hate to think like, yes, it's a class of like 10 probably. And I show up and there's like a thousand students oh, in there. Or yeah. Um, try not to talk to the model while they're working, obviously. Um, it's very frustrating for everyone in the class, uh, should a model break their concentration and move a lot. There is obviously going to be some movement. People need to breathe and, like, not build up lactic acid in their muscles. But, I mean, talking to someone is a surefire way to get them to move. Mm -hmm. So when you set it up, the model will probably stand or sit like in the center of the room with people surrounding. So everyone gets a good view, an unobstructed view, I should say. And there should probably be a moderator. Yeah, that's a a point person. Yeah, yeah. someone who keeps a timer so that they can have stretch breaks and bathroom breaks. And it might also require them to help hold a pose. Like if you want the model to pose with their arm up in the air, they might need someone to hold their arm up in the air. Well, and I also think that that having, we've talked about this before, right? Having an authority figure of some sort present for both parties, uh, as you said, a moderator, that is also so the model is comfortable, but also the artist, you know what I mean? Like there's no assumption that the person that you hire is going to, you know, make everybody comfortable and have that be a worry. There's always a worry that they, uh, I don't know, will do some things that aren't great. Um, And having a moderator that the artists can go to, too, and say, like, hey, this is not okay. This thing that they are currently doing right now um, (laughs) will will also make every, I think the more, I think the more you could make people comfortable, every party involved, the more the art then moves to the forefront of it, right? And the less the like anxieties and concerns and just general human thought processes can move to the back. And I think in in general, I've never done it, 
but uh, either party. But I think that the thing I would try really hard to do is a thing, I mean, is a thing that we as a society should not do to people, but that is to objectify them. Absolutely. Right? And please draw what you see, draw in your style, but don't make comments on somebody else's body. No, no, no. No caricatures, please. But uh, I mean, I guess unless I don't know, but I that might I, be your style, and that's okay. Uh, but like, no, like giggling and yeah. And let's be clear. Like when that. I say objectify, I don't mean in in the broader sense of like sexualizing or like I don't know wolf. I mean literally, like think of them in that moment as an object, right? That you are, uh, you know, they still have feelings and emotions, don't get me wrong. But when you're like looking at the lines, right? You're mm-hmm. looking at the lines, you're looking at the shadows, you're looking at the contours, those kinds of things. And you're not looking at body parts. You're not thinking about those individual things, right? You're thinking about the geometry of the body. You're thinking about the relation of light and shadow and that kind of thing. And I think that the more that you can separate mm-hmm. that the more comfortable everyone will be. Yeah. And here's a here's a very practical piece of advice for the model. Bring a robe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think AirPods are okay? You know, little earbuds you can listen to, I don't know, a good Schmanners podcast while you're doing it. <laughs> I'm going to say that's great. That sounds like a great I idea. I would say if you're the model, ask about that, man. Yeah. Because that, that's something I would totally do. Although you have to be careful not to chuckle. Maybe listen to a good, quiet audio book. Hey, we have some questions. Do you want us to do some questions? I would love to. Then let's do it. Why wait? It's the perfect moment for questions. Everyone agrees. And, you know, it's not that I don't have the page pulled up. (laughs) No, I'm just saying that everybody loves questions, and I'm ready to do them now. I mean, why hesitate any longer? Uh, Coral Jade asks, how can I kindly ask my friend if I can draw the back of their head for reference without sounding nuts? Hey, friend, can I draw the back of your head for reference? You should probably tell them what you're doing the reference right, for. Right, yeah. I think that Not just you... like, so if I ever see you in the, the crowd, <laughs> I know it's you. So, so if I need a back of a head, I think that you can, uh, the more that you explain the expectation, the better off you're going to be, yeah. right? So you talk about, I'm doing an art class, or I'm modeling some figurines. I need to see the back of someone's head because the front of people's heads, the faces, are usually what you can see. Yeah. Right? Um, and, hey, they're your friends, right? Yeah. I so think this I, don't, is... I think this is more about you feeling awkward asking than the ask being awkward. Right. And I think that this is something we've run into a lot before, too, right? In, in trying to couch it too much to try to make them comfortable, you might skew into sounding, hey, I know this is going to sound weird, but like doing that kind of thing instead of just saying, hey, I need a reference point for like a back of the head drawing I'm doing for this thing. Would you be willing to like sit for me for a minute? That makes them pleasing. Now they might say no. Maybe they have like some self-conscious things about the back of their head. Who knows? And, and, you know, they might say no, but. And it's, so it's your it's their prerogative to say no and try not to be upset or offended when they say no. Uh, Fox Franklin asked the only time I've ever felt uncomfortable at work uh, they've modeled before uh, was this one student who would over compliment me after class. How do I deal with that? I felt like if I complained, people would tell me he was just being nice and not care that I was upset about it. OK, here's what I will say as, as to the second point. That might happen. That does not mean they are right. Exactly. Um, They might be like, well, it's just this. But you deserve to feel the way that you feel, especially when you are in the position of like being the model and, you know, literally putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. to do this thing. 
the people in charge should be concerned about your comfort level. So if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, they might say like, well, he's just being nice. And then you say like, well, that doesn't matter. When they say those things to me, here's how I feel and I would like it dealt with. You are totally justified asking Absolutely. And I think that this goes back to, um, we talked about having like a moderator, right? And the way that the compliments make you feel is the important part. Right. And you should state that to whoever is in charge so that they can um, protect you in a way. And it's not just about like telling the person, stop talking to this model, right? But also like maybe ushering you away before class is over or, you you know, there are lots of different ways to take care of this, but you can take care of this. A nice general statement is always that, hey, everybody, let's make sure we are not, you know, doing this instead of like, Jim, you got to cut it out. (laughs) Because that's the thing is like, it also, I mean, you can be specific about, I mean, you don't have to listen. This is, you don't have to do this. But if you want to be specific about like the nature of the compliments, like is there a difference between, hey, great job today. And like, I thought you looked really great up there. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where I think that the trick, I mentioned the objectification thing earlier. And I think the trick is then shifting gears back into, and now this is a person again. Right. right? And I think that, you know, you can't assume that everybody knows how to talk to people, right? right? So uh talk to the moderator, talk to who's in charge. Don't be afraid if somebody says, well, they're just being, and then stand your ground and say, I understand that they think that, but it is making me feel this way. Yes. Uh, Cottage Gnome uh, asks, what are some red flags when it comes to nude modeling, and how can you make sure as a model that you're in a safe environment? Um, I think that... A couple of things. Well, we talked about moderator. Um, also about proximity, right? Never go to a place where there are, like, no people around. Yes. It needs to be, you need to be far enough away from the person that you feel comfortable. And if, you know, talk about all of the parameters beforehand. Right. Who's going to be there? How long is it going to be? I don't want any photography and, um, you know, I need someone to be my advocate and like talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it through. Yeah. Expectation setting. And, you know, I I will also say this is what I would tell any friend of mine. Right. Who's going to do this? If you get a whiff of I'm not sure about this, Mm -hmm. don't do it. Yeah. Um, It's it's unfortunate that that is the world in which we live. But. If if you not just like I'm nervous to do this thing, right? That's understandable. But I don't know. Something feels unsafe about this. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Uh, I also think like I don't know. This could be an option if this is something. If you have like a partner or like a friend that you trust and you don't mind being there, yeah. Ask if somebody can come with you. Mm-hmm. Say like, okay, can I come see the space before? You know, we do it like that kind of thing, like anything to put you at ease. Ask if they've worked with models before that you can talk to about the experience and say like, hey, you know, I just want to get a feel for like what I'm, you know, what kind of process it is. Is Would it be okay if I contacted some models who you've worked with before? Sounds right? great. Yeah. That's References great for everybody is a great way to go. Uh, let's see. One last one from Twerk Dad. If a friend approached me and asked if I would model for them and I found the picture to be very unflattering, but objectively of good quality, is there a way for it to ask for it not to be displayed? Oh, hmm. This is interesting. 
um, because obviously you have a perception of yourself mm-hmm. and you have the things maybe that you would like to change or don't feel good about. And if you can like see this in your picture, that's something that is very, um, I mean, it's, it's about you, right? right? It's not about the picture. It's not about what the artist sees. It's about what you see. And I think that you would really have to like, this is a toughie. Like, well, search, your, search, search yourself. Search yourself. And here's, figure out if if this unflatteringness is is more important to you than the art. I guess. Well, here's what I would say: if this is a concern, uh, here's what I here's what I understand. Right? If it was a friend of mine, right, and we overlap a lot of social groups, I think if you are worried about something being displayed because other people in your like social circles will see it. That's a discussion that needs to be happened before you model. Like, okay. I'm happy to model for you for like a reference or for uh, practice, but I don't know that I'm comfortable for this being displayed for our friends, mm-hmm. you know, or like for my family when they come over to your house or whatever. Right. I think that's perfectly reasonable. But I think that there is an expectation when someone agrees, uh, like I have some photographer friends, right? And I think that there is uh, an expectation setting thing of, right, this is a decision you have to make and it sucks that it's part of it, but there will be people when you model for someone, there will be people who, especially if it's nude modeling, like photography or something who will not be appreciative of it as an art form, but will be a little voyeuristic that Mm. that exists. And unfortunately that's just a caveat that I think, one must consider when going into it is that there's a chance these things will be displayed if you don't discuss it beforehand and there's a chance that people you know will see it. Um, And so I think that that is a very valid and legitimate concern for someone to have. Yes. And I think that that is part of the expectation settings to have before you start the process. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Sometimes I ramble a little bit. But but this line is so tricky, right? Right. Because you you want to, in this question it's posed that it's a friend approached and you want to help out your friend but maybe you have some hang-ups about the picture that they took well yeah but i even though it's a good picture i have a friend who did nude modeling for a photographer right and then she walked into work and one of the guys at her work was like looking at the photographer's like website with her pictures on it right and like that was like a thing of just like it sucks that that is part of it and it's like well that's one completely unprofessional, mm-hmm. right? To be doing that at work, uh, uh, let alone at where you work with the person. But it's also just like, man, in a perfect world, we could appreciate art for art's sake and not connect sex and nudity constantly. But that is unfortunately the stigma and the world in which we live currently. And it's one of those things we just have to think about. And I think the same can be said with the stigma of nudity and vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? And that is, I think, the thing that will happen. But I, I would also argue, because this is a hypothetical, there is also the possibility that you do this and you find a beauty in your body that you had not seen before, right? That's right, yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's a possibility there. But I think a lot of it is having that discussion ahead of time, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's going to do it for us. That's going to do it. You're all great. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. 
Um, thank you for listening. Welcome to Art Talk. With, with, <laughs> this is Smart with Travis and Teresa. Uh, thank you to Carson one more time for suggesting this. Thank you to the people who sent in questions. Thank you to Alex for all the wonderful research. Alex, we could not do it without you. Thank you, Maximum Fun, our podcast home. Uh, thank you to the other McElroys, my family, my <laughs> friends. You can find all their projects at macroy.family. I started a Twitch channel. If that's something you guys are into, twitch.tv slash the Travis McElroy. What else, Teresa? Who else do we thank? We always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, we thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That is at SchmannersCast. That's where we got all of these questions. Um, and then we thank Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Join that group if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans of Schmanners. Um, please continue to send in those topics. We are working our way through them. We've got a schedule now. Alex is keeping us honest. <laughs> and that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.